Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Boll, Director of Public Affairs. The USDA is beginning to implement its Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, or CFAP as it's commonly known, and we put together a telephone town hall forum uh, to try to get some information out to our members and our county leaders. We had some of the, uh, the the leaders from the USDA state office get on the line and explain the details of the program and answer questions about it. But for those who were not able to make it on the call live, we decided to put a recording of it out so that you could listen uh, and get your questions answered. If you have any questions after you listen to this that still didn't get answered, feel free to contact us and we will do what we can to get you the right information. And here is that call about the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program. Good evening, everyone. Uh, this is Blake Hurst with Missouri Farm Bureau, uh, and uh, four members of this FSA staff in Columbia have agreed to uh, join us this evening uh, to answer your questions and talk about the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program. Uh, I want to state beforehand, just want to thank all the all the folks that are going to be on here from the FSA. Uh, this is uh, a new program, uh, just as new to them as it is to uh, you and me, and uh, they uh, are putting themselves out there in order to try to uh, describe the program and perhaps answer some questions you've had. Uh, Sign-up just began last Tuesday, uh, so we're in the very, very early stages of this program, but it is complicated. Uh, There have already been a lot of questions raised, and so we're very pleased tonight to have Kim Veers, the State Executive Director, Lisa Allen, who is the Price Support Program Chief, Rod Beeler, who's the Compliance Program Chief, and Amanda Brosh, who's the Production Flexibility Program Specialist. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Kim, and she's got a few opening remarks, and I think some of the rest of the people from the FSA office will as well, and then we'll open it up for your questions. If you think you will have a question, or if you think of a question as we go through, please press zero on your phone. Uh, That will get you in the queue. You'll be asked your name and county, and we'll ask you to, to identify yourselves on the line. That'll get you in the line for uh, asking a question. Uh, the quicker you press zero, the quicker we'll get to your question. Uh, we're going to spend about an hour, so probably good to get in line because the questions and I think the answers are going to be pretty complex. And with that, I'll turn it over to Kim Beers, uh, State Director of the FSA. Kim? Oh, thanks, Blake. I appreciate it. Um, good evening, everyone. I'm glad to be a part of your program tonight. Um, thanks for the invitation and, and allowing Missouri FSA to have an opportunity to visit with you about our new program. So tonight, of course, we're here to talk about USDA's Coronavirus Food Assistance Program. Um, we love our acronym. If you guys have participated with us before, you know that. So from here forward, you're going to hear us call it the CFAP program. So Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, um, CFAP, will provide up to $16 billion in direct payment to um, relieve some of the impacts that America's farmers and ranchers have suffered during this coronavirus pandemic. Um, This is going to be a sign-up that's going to be delivered by our local service centers. Um, start, like Blake said, sign-up started Tuesday of this week, and we'll continue to accept applications through August 28th of this year. Um, we know that our farmers and ranchers in Missouri are facing tough times now. Um, we're making every effort to provide um, the program and to get the support out there as quickly as we possibly can. Um, we also realize and want to acknowledge that CFAT payments only cover a portion of the impacts that the pandemic has had on our farmers and ranchers. Um, we do 
um, have several different commodities that are covered in the CFAP program. And so later on, you'll hear from, from our tremendous staff at the state office. Um, but the commodity groups covered include the dairy, livestock, specialty, and non-specialty crops. Um, there's also a value loss category, and I'll give you a warning up front, we really don't have a lot of information about that piece at this time. But again, the dairy, livestock, specialty, and non-specialty crops are the categories that, that this program covers. Um, each category has specific eligible commodities that have suffered 5% um, or greater price decline or had um, losses due to market supply chain disruptions during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, we're getting a few questions, and I thought I would acknowledge, you know, what happens when you feel like this program isn't covering a commodity that needs to be, that should have been listed as eligible? So one of the things that we'll be providing back to President Hurst and his staff is a process that stakeholder groups like Farm Bureau or individuals can go through to recommend consideration for a commodity not listed, and it's called the NOFA. <laughs> Again, that's one of our, we're, we're known for our acronyms, but NOFA stands for Notice of Funding Availability, but this is a process that's out there and we definitely wanted to take this opportunity to let you know, um, again, um, a group, a stakeholder group as large as Missouri Farm Bureau certainly um, should have this information made available to them because if we, if a commodity um, hasn't been listed, this is your opportunity to put that forward for consideration. Um, another thing that I really wanted to take the, the chance to mention is that um, because of the pandemic, Missouri FSA is in a little bit different operating status than probably what our customers are used to. Um, our offices at this time, so this is our USDA service centers, and we have 92 of those in the state, um, will continue to be open for business but it is going to be a little different. It's going to be by appointment only. Um, that makes a sign-up like the CFAP sign-up very challenging, but our local FSA staff is committed and, and will continue to provide services. They're going to work with you by phone, by email. We have um, some really great online tools available to our customers that we haven't had in the past. Um, we know that's not the solution to everything, but it's definitely a good start. So you can call your local office um, to schedule an appointment, and they're going to get you taken care of. But we do ask for your patience. Um, we're hearing reports um, that there's a tremendous amount of interest in this program. So some of our offices have had um, 100 voicemails left. We promise that we're going to get back to our customers. You know, that's really important to us. It's just going to take a little bit of time for us to work through um, this program, but we're definitely going to, we're committed to that, and um, we will be getting in contact with everyone that, that makes contact to our offices. Um, wanted to provide a little bit of report, and we have uh, access to information, and uh, something that we uh, noticed in our reports tonight as of closes business, I'm pleased to announce that Missouri has accepted more CFAP applications than, than any other state in the nation. So we're proud of that. I think it goes to show the level of interest in our state, but also the commitment from our, our employees and um, that they really do want to get this out to our customers as soon as they can. Uh, we have a, I mentioned online resources. One of the best ones that we have right now that, um, again, we can provide this to President Hurst and to make sure that everyone gets this um, later after the call, but it's www.farmers.gov 
forward slash CFAP, which is C-F-A-P. Um, that's going to be the best resource that we have available to our customers to go. Um, you can apply for the program, or not apply for the program, you can get the application material um, from the website and are able to fill that out and submit your application to your local office for processing. So again, um, that's a really high overview, but we definitely want to save time for, for questions. Um, that's why you're, you're here with us tonight. Um, I do want to make sure that, um, again, our tremendous stay out office staff has the chance to make a few comments as well. So I am going to turn it over to uh, Rod Beeler. He is our compliance section chief. So Rod, turning it over Thanks. to you. Thanks, Kim. Well, good evening, everyone. Um, like Kim said, my name is Rod Beeler. Um, I head up compliance section. We handle many different programs, but for this particular program, we're going to handle the livestock and the specialty crops and the value loss. Like Kim said, we don't have much information on that, um, but I don't really have much else to say, so I'll, we'll get on to questions. So I'll turn it over to Lisa Allen. Thanks, Rod. Hey, this is Lisa Allen. I head up the price support section for the Missouri State Office. We handle loans normally. We are handling the non-specialty crops, which includes wool, and the dairy. If you would like, um, and then I can just, I, we can just wait and answer questions. Okay, then. And I'll hand it over to Amanda. Okay, thanks, Lisa. Um, my name's Amanda Brosh. I am a program specialist at the state office for FSA uh, there in Columbia. Um, I also handle a couple different programs, but specifically for the CFAP area, I'm going to cover um, eligibility and uh, for producer eligibility and then certain eligibility requirements that are needed to actually receive a CFAP payment. So I will handle that area, and I will kick it over, I guess, back to Kim or whoever. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the introduction from the Missouri FSA staff that's on the line tonight with you guys. So um, I'm going to turn it back to Blake, and we can start with some questions. All right, thank you all very much. So we uh, need to dial zero if you have a question, and uh, we'll get you on. Um, I'm going to start off by, uh, I guess, asking the question that I'm hearing. Um, let's say that I'm a cow-calf producer, and I've got 100, uh, weaned 100 calves. I sold 50 of them April the 1st and 50 of them May the 1st. Tell me how... Uh, those animals are covered and how the program works for somebody in that situation. Okay, so you sold the first 50 April 1st? Yes, sir. Uh, this is Rod, by the way. Um, okay, so the ones that you sold April 1st, as long as you did not have a Ford contract on them or some other binding agreement prior to January 15th, then you would be eligible for the CARES. So here's another uh, acronym for you. A CARES payment, which comes from the CARES Act under CFAP, 
for those 50 head. And it depends on where, what weight category they're in on what the price would be. So if you have a specific weight in mind or? Uh, there's seven weights. Okay, so greater than 600 pounds is how you would load that on the application. And greater than 600 pounds would be $139 per head rate. So then for your 50 that you sold in May, they're not eligible for the CARES Act payment. But CCC is making an additional payment to cattle that you had on hand between the date of April 16th and May 14th. So with that being said, you would have 50 head of feeder cattle, 600 pounds or more, which would be a $33 rate. And then I assume you get 100 head of adult livestock also. It would be $33 a head. There again, those all have to be subject to price risk or unpriced as of January 15th, 2020. So you can't have a forward contract on those livestock either prior to 115, 2020. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, and I guess the same question goes for, for, for grain. Uh, explain to me, I mean, let's go. I got a, I got a few bushels hedged. I got a few bushels forward contract. I got a basis contract, and I got some unpriced grain. How are all those things handled? Hi, this is Lisa. So, just the basic formula for figuring the grain. You're going to take your total 2019 production, and you're going to give us that figure. And then you're going to tell us what your figure of inventory is on January 15th. But like Rod said, it's going to be subject to the price risk. Now, I understand from Washington that we're going to be getting some more clarifications on the types of contracts that will be, that will consider to have price risk and will be which contracts do not have price risk. I look for that to come out. I'm hoping by tomorrow morning. Um, I believe there's some information floating around on the web, so I, I really don't want to speak to those specific contracts until we see that in black and white. But basically, if, if you still haven't priced it, you're probably going to be able to claim that in your 2015 inventory. And I think once it comes out and they, it, I, I think everyone will be happy. It will be clear on what contracts are eligible and what ones are not eligible. And then your payment, what we'll do is we'll compare your 2019 production to your inventory. But your 2019 inventory production will be 50%. So we'll take the lesser of the two, and then like Rod talked about, there's two payment rates. One is the CARES rate, and one is the CCC rate. So 
of that eligible production, the lesser of the two, 50% of it will be paid at the CARES rate and 50% at the CCC rate. <laughs> For instance, corn is 32 cents on CARES and CCC is 35 cents on CARES. Um, wool, uh, not wool, excuse me, wheat. The only two wheats that are eligible right now are Durham and HRS wheat, and we don't think we have much of the HRS, if any, in the state of Missouri. Rice, uh, all other, rice is not eligible. I think you guys have probably seen those numbers. So does that answer your question, Blake? Uh, sh sure. sure. Uh, I just uh, had someone text me a question. Um, you know, on farm program payments, um, just basically if you qualify for the payments, you get it. As I understand it, this one is first come, first served. So in other words, uh, is there some chance that people at the back end won't get the money? In other words, that we better get to the FSA office and apply pretty quickly? Yeah. So, um, so Blake, we're, this is Kim. We're getting that question a lot. And so I think the, um, I think the, the best answer that I can provide is that clearly there is a funding limit. The 16 billion is our funding limit. Um, at, at the national office level, some of the best experts in the country did a lot of calculating to make sure that we had the funding to cover, cover the expected need. So we can't promise that the money won't run out because we can't commit to that because there is clearly a limitation, but um, we have confidence that the, the people in charge that estimate did their very best to ensure that didn't happen. And then keep in mind, we hadn't mentioned this yet, but the, the payment at this time will only be 80% of, um, of, of that rate at this time. So you, they'll calculate out your payment, multiply that by the 80%, and then the secretary, Secretary Purdue, at a later date has the opportunity to then issue that second payment of, that would be the remainder, which would be 20%. So um, I, I know that's not a direct answer, but um, you know we can't promise the money won't run out, but we do have a lot of confidence that the estimators and people a lot smarter than me did their best to to ensure that the funding um, is there. All right, thank you. Um, the, again, if you have a question, please dial zero, and that should uh, get you in the queue. Um, what about? I mean, some of our members had milk that they were they were asked to dump, um, or, or I mean, what, what happens with 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 that? Is that covered? Hey, it's Lisa again. Absolutely. Um, we got some clarifications today, and I was very pleased with the way it looked. The dairy producer is going to bring us in. Am I echoing? No, you're fine. Go ahead. Okay. The dairy producer is going to bring us, he's going to give us his January, February, March production. For a lot of those guys, that dumped milk may be in that number. But if it is not, then they need to keep their records of that information and, <coughs> excuse me, include that in their calculations and they will get paid for it. We also okay. heard today that if you have DMC coverage, um, the dairy revenue or LGM, 
that you will still be eligible, that milk will still be eligible, but I want to see that in writing in the book before I absolutely commit to that. Um, I had enough, and then again, like, like Kim mentioned, everything is going to be on, calculated on the 80%. All right. Uh, what if I'm feeding my corn? Uh, I've got corn in the bin. I'm planning on feeding it. Is it covered? Yes, sir. So um, speaking of dairy, corn, and silage, yes, it will be covered. Um, we have so so most a lot of the guys. I some guys have their silage covered under risk under RMA. And so that, we can use those numbers, do some conversions, because we're going to pay in bushels. If they're feeding, I haven't seen it in writing yet, but I'm going to go back to the old LDP days and ask that they keep some records. So if, if I know what my total tons were on October the 1st, and I know every day that I feed, you know, 500 pounds or however much that is, then if they can keep that record, then they would subtract that to January 15th and then keep the – the one thing that, that we haven't mentioned yet is to keep your records for three years. So in the event that we do have to come back and review your records, that you still have those physical records to back up your numbers. So the same for silage would be for grain as well. You just need to keep a feeding rod. I've got, you know, 10,000 bushels in the bin. I feed this much per day. Um, you might jot down your number of cows to make sure it seems reasonable, but that that is my understanding of the documentation that you'll need to keep for now. All right, thank you. Again, dial zero if you have a question or or, you know, Spencer, Eric Bull, Dan Casty, we've got a lot of staff on the call. If you want to send them a text, we'll get the question through. One of the questions we had this morning um, was a lot of livestock producers, and this is my guess, but I think it probably is the case. We're going to have livestock producers that are eligible for this program that uh, might not have had a lot of experience with FSA programs in the back uh, in the past. Uh, what does it mean that they have to be in compliance with uh, uh, high, highly erodible land or wetland programs? Uh, does this exclude anybody from participating? Uh, this is Rod. Um, on HLC or highly erodible land conservation, they will have to follow 1026, which certifies compliance. If you're filing for CFAP only and you only are have perennial crops such as grass, then you're really not subject to HEL compliant rules. So we've kind of, they've kind of streamlined that process. You answer that question, then you're not subject to even being placed on a farm number necessarily. Okay. All right. Good enough. What about payment limits? How are those? How is that going to affect? Uh, you know, some of our producers that have a uh, an LLC or a, or a small family corporation where they have several several family members involved. Um, what's how do how do payment limits or payment limitations uh, fold into this program? 
Okay, so this is Amanda, and I can talk a little bit about that. So the um, general payment limit is $250,000 uh, per person or entity um, is how we normally run uh, the program. Um, for this CFAP program, there is a little bit of an exception. So for corporations, LLCs, or limited partnership type entities, um, there is the option to extend that payment limit down to people, uh, members of that entity is what, you, what, what I would call it. So um, it's all going to depend on if those members contribute at least 400 hours of active labor or active management, which means they personally are going and doing the labor or they are actively doing the management or a combination of the two. So the basic limit for like a, a family corporation or LLC or limited partnership is 250000 um, Then you can extend that to up to $250,000 more for two more people, totaling a payment limit of 750000 But each extra person that you claim has to have done 400 hours of active personal labor or active personal management. Um, that can include spouses, uh, but that spouse actually has to do labor too. So under, under other program provisions, um, Maybe the spouse didn't have to actually do the labor or management. Uh, they could fall under uh, the spouse that actually did it. Uh, but for this program to extend that payment limit, they actually have to do 400 hours of labor or management um, themselves. So the basic limit, again, is 250000 uh, But for LLCs, corporations, limited partnerships, they can potentially get up to 750000 all right, thank you. We have a question. I just got a note that said we're, they're having trouble with their having trouble with their technology. So we've got people that are trying to ask questions and they're not getting through. But I think uh, we've got uh, Diana Koenig from uh, Perry County. Are you on the line, Diana? Yes. Um, All right. We're, what are the you? you you have made your way through the gauntlet, and you ought to be very proud. So thank you very much, and please ask your question. Well, I just wondered what the uh, CARES and CCC rates were for soybeans. I think he just mentioned uh, the rates for, for corn. Give me two seconds to get back to it. I don't remember off the top of my head. Soybeans is $0.45 cents for CARES and $0.50 cents for for the CCC. Right, and all of that and all that information is if you can like Kim had said, if you can go to that farmers.gov forward CFAP, it has those rates there too. All right. Uh Spencer uh reminds me that you can text her your question. And uh here we go, Spencer. You may regret this. And her number is 417-876-7903. Uh, again, uh, text your question to Spencer at 417-876-7903. Uh, and so we'll, uh, we'll try to, uh, uh, do that. Um, okay, uh, we've got, we've got a question from someone, again, several questions about dairy. Um, 
if they sell cattle, um, you know, sell dairy cattle, either either uh, uh, dairy steers or or uh, or, or cull cows, I suppose, is that covered? Uh, yeah, Blake, that's right. <clears throat> yes, once they exit the dairy market and enter the beef industry, they're eligible livestock. So if they're going to slaughter, then they're eligible. Or it says steers are eligible. Again, a question I guess we got earlier today. Uh, you know, the program says 1,400-pound slaughter weight on steers. What if I sell my fat cattle to directly slaughter at 1,250? They're still covered, right? Yes, sir, they are. That's <laughs> just an average. It's actually 12 to 1,600 pounds, and I believe they're revising the regs in the handbook to make that more clear. <laughs> but yeah. All right, we have a question from Jennifer Kemper. Kemper from Miller County. Jennifer? Good evening. Can you hear me? Yeah, there you go, Jennifer. Yes, ask your question, please. Thank you. Okay, this is all new to me. I thought she was asking the question for me. Um, Just check it on the application. Same application for everything, uh, livestock, crops, everything, and also the same application for the first program, January 1st to May 5th, or April 15th, and then April 15th to May 15th. So it's all the programs, everything, one big application. Yes, it's one program, or one application, excuse me, for all the programs per producer nationwide. And and this is a good time to... Oh, sorry. And, and this is a good time to mention um, that it is a, a certification program. So just as a reminder to, to all of our customers, it's it's certifying, you know, your your livestock numbers, um, your your grain inventory, or what what the production was for 2019. So um, it, it is a super. We hope we say super simple. Um, in in our world, this is about as easy as it comes, um, and so we we just want to remind everybody of that as well. All right, we have Dorothy from Lebanon with a question. Uh, hello. Yeah, Dorothy, this is Dorothy. Go ahead. Yes, I have a couple questions. One, I have a question about the part eight um, about partnership. We are a sole proprietor, but a husband and wife. Is is our limit at the two hundred fifty thousand, or does it go on up to the other limit? Um, it it it's a self certification on who actually has a share of the commodity during those time frames. So if um, if you and your husband both have a share of the commodity, whether it be crops or livestock or dairy, um, you both could apply. Uh, you both um, would have your own payment limitation, each at 250000 And when you complete your application, um, you would put your total production as, as you, I'm going to say half, because um, husband and wife, but it, whatever shares you want to claim, you would claim half, and and your spouse would claim half on your application. Okay. You both you both wouldn't claim the whole total production. That's what I figured. I also have a question about the dairy. Um, our slaughter cows are considered beef, correct? 
That yeah, our slaughter house. Yeah, and and that will be. We have to keep track of our the cows that we sold. Yes, I mean, if you're pulled for a spot check, you would just keep your records that you sold them to the cell barn. And okay. But like Kim said, this is self-certification, so. Okay, and I want to I want to clarify. We also include our grain in our bin and our silage that we have on hand to feed our cattle. Yeah, so that would be go back to your total production for 2019. You'd give us that number, and then you'd give us your production that you had on the farm on January the 15th, and then we'd take the 50% of the 2019 and compare that to the inventory and take lower of and pay you on those on the CARES and on the CCC. And if okay. you need some help doing the math on it, we can we can help you do that. <clears throat> okay. And what about the cattle that has been born since January 15th? Is that included as well, like our heifers and our bulls? What we call baby calves? Now, are they are they intended for dairy or? The heifers are, and the the, the bulls are intended for steers to be sold as beef. Okay, the, the steers would be included, the heifers that are intended for dairy purposes or dairy production, even though they're not there yet, I realize that, would not be included. Okay, that's what I need to know. All right, thank you for your help. You Do you have a question? Right, thank All right, you. I have, a, I have a question from a, a producer in northern Missouri. Um, he sold his corn to the feeder, Ooh. to a cattle feeder, um, it's not all delivered yet, but all of it is priced. So there you go. How are you going to handle his case? When did he sell it? Does he, he does he say that? Yeah, he doesn't say. He doesn't say. Um, my he just doesn't say. So I can't answer that. I, if he's listening, perhaps he'll he'll send me another text. Um, so, if if he would again take his 2019 production, put that figure in, and then his inventory that he had on January the 15th that has not been priced, basically. That's the that's the easy answer. Okay, I hope that helps him. Honey, honeybees are they are they included as a specialty crop? Uh, no, sir. All right. So, but there are provisions that if they can make a the honeybee industry can make a um, can make a, a a case, right? That there are provisions to include new crops or new or new uh, kinds of farm production, right? Yes, that'd be the notice of funds availability that Kim had talked about that she said she'd send you all. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll be sure to get that because you're exactly right. That's that's what should happen. Um, they can make a case, and they can present that for consideration. And if um, if it's determined there was that five percent loss, then it could be potentially added to the CFAP program. 
Okay, here's a question from a poultry producer, uh, Jim Shepard. Um, are there any provisions for contract poultry producers who are experiencing uh, extended out times, they aren't getting any flocks placed, and or reduced placements? Uh, how's that payment figured and who's a go-to, if there is? Um, this is Rod again, I guess, he'll, since it's a livestock question. Tech, currently, technically, poultry is not an eligible livestock. So there again, you'd have to go with NOFA to request that. I will say, Jim, uh, we were on the phone um, last week with uh, Undersecretary Northy and, you know, Farm Bureau presidents from across the country. That was one of the major topics discussed. Uh, I got the impression that hopefully uh, that, that he was very open to uh, hearing from the poultry, poultry producers uh, talking about you know the, 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 what had happened to them with reduced placements, placements and empty barns. Uh, so I would I would talk to you know we'll continue to follow up with uh, with both American Farm Bureau and USDA to see uh, where that's going. Uh, there may be questions coming to poultry producers in Missouri just talking about uh, how this is uh, how this has affected them. And if the if the USDA needs that information, we'll certainly uh, uh, reach out to our poultry producers. Um, uh, again, a question about uh, payments for milk and also for live animals from dairy producers. And I think uh, there's a you know when the when the when the animal goes to the market for beef and it's a beef animal gets covered, and obviously there's a payment for milk. All right, do we have any other questions? All right, that's all the text I have and all the questions. We'll. We'll, uh, again, we're sorry that we've had, a, I know that there were people with questions that um, that haven't come through because of our technical difficulties. I apologize for that. Uh, several of you have texted, uh, you know, staff members with questions, so I appreciate that a great deal. Uh, I think we've had a, given our, our, our friends from FSA a pretty good workout this evening, uh, even with our technical difficulties. And I'll turn it back to Kim and uh, her crew and uh, if they have any closing comments or anything they'd like to say and then uh, I'll wrap up the call. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, again, thanks everyone for having us um, this evening. Big thanks to Missouri Farm Bureau. Um, it's a great opportunity when we get the, the chance to partner with our stakeholders and, and get the information out so that our customers have um, have good information and, and complete can um, apply for these really um, much-needed programs and receive their benefits. So I'm um, looking forward to, um, you know, providing assistance in any way that we can, and um, certainly we'll be here to, to get this out. And um, it's not the – it's um, maybe not the circumstances that we really hope for, but we're certainly pleased that um, we have a program like that, that like CFAP that can – provide some financial assistance out there to our customers. So I think that's all I have to say. Um, I'll ask my crew, Rod, Lisa, Amanda, any other closing comments you'd like to make? I guess I would make one follow-up on contract growers. They are eligible. I know, I mean, we was talking about poultry, but contract growers are eligible if the contracts allow the grower to have risk livestock. So which is kind of new to a lot of our livestock programs. 
Um, another thing I guess I would throw out there come, I believe they said June 18th, 19th, somewhere in there, producers should be able to apply online if they have level two EOP authority. So I just thought throw that out there too. And with that, I'm done. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you uh, all for joining us this evening. Uh, I think we had 250 or 300 people on the call. Uh, so I'm pretty confident uh, that there were some questions that didn't get through the didn't get through the phone lines, and I apologize for that. But but hopefully uh, the questions that were asked covered the at least came close to covering the questions that that were na- unable to get through. Again, a big thanks to FSA. And I would tell folks on the call, just send us a text or an email or give us a call at the office and uh, with any further questions you have, and we'll try to get them to FSA and see if we can uh, uh, we can get them answered. And obviously anything that uh, uh, you would like us to speak with American Farm Bureau or the USDA about any of these issues, we'll, we'll, we'll make those uh, calls and letters as well. So uh, thanks to everybody that was on the call. Thanks to our... Uh, our panelists this evening, and uh, thanks to all of you for all you do for Missouri agriculture. These are difficult times, um, but we're going to get through them, and uh, we appreciate the support we get from FSA and other other government agencies that are working through it with us as we work through uh, what uh, uh, has never happened before. Uh, appreciate you all very much. Thank you all.